1: Welcome back, everyone, to Conversations Live. I'm your host, Cyrus Webb. Glad you all could join us once again. For a radio audience tuning in at WYAD 94.1 FM and WYADonline.com, we're glad that you all can be with us. Also, just joining us through our online affiliates around the world via our podcast, that you all could be with us as well. It's a very exciting day for our next guest. For those, of course, who are readers, you know that typically on Tuesdays, that is new release day for authors. And Lynn Alsop is celebrating her brand new book called Tinderbox. It's one family's story of adoption, neodiversity, and fierce love. We're going to talk to Lynn not only about the writing of the book, but also what it's been like for her to share her journey with all of us. I think this is a story that a lot of people can relate to. And even though it deals with Lynn's own personal life and what she was able to experience with her family and learn I think all of us can be able to learn something about ourselves as well as those that we love as well if you guys are just not finding out about Tinderbox, we'll let you guys know how to get your own copy of it Lynn thank you again for the time really do appreciate it
0: absolutely I'm so happy to be here Cyrus thanks for having me
1: Glad to do it, so this book is really really powerful. I had a chance to get an advanced reader copy of it, Lynn, and so now here it is officially. The world can enjoy it. What has this experience been like for you? One to have written this book and now to be able to share it with the rest of us
0: yeah it's it's super exciting, and it has been a bit of a harrowing journey as well. You know it's been a few years in the making and definitely writing this story, um, it was actually a really healing experience for me as well as, um, you know, kind of facing a lot of contradictions. It's, it's not just my story, it's my family's story as well. Yeah. So there was definitely a layer of processing that with my family, especially my now adult children, really going through a process with them to help them find some advocates and think through what does it mean to have this story out in the world. And um, yeah, I just have to say thanks to them and their courage and support for wanting to get this story out there for the sake of other families and people. Yeah.
1: And I'm so glad you said that for the sake of other families, Lynn, because I think even though you and I were just talking about this briefly before you went live here, that it is your story. It's very personal to you but it is a story that I think people will read and say, this is my story. (laughs) How does that feel to be able to make those connections with people you've never met, but you do have a connection through experiences with?
0: Yeah, it's really incredible, Cyrus. It was actually my motivation for writing the book. In my work um, as a social worker and trainer, I just talked with so many families who said, you know, all this information is great, but it's your story that gives us hope. And hearing that again and again, I finally, you know, realized, I have to write this down. I can only talk to so many people in person. And I I think for many of us, the suffering that we go through and the kind of chaos and confusion in our lives, no matter where it comes from, can be really isolating. It's easy to feel like you're alone and, And the world doesn't really understand what it's like to live in your home, to, you know, be on this path. And so part of my hope with the book is that it would really tell families like ours, you're not alone and you're not crazy and it really is this hard and there's a way forward. There's this um, real transformation that I have experienced personally and professionally and that my whole family really has experienced going from just, you know, really destructive, painful situations to still challenging, but really life-giving, just exciting, uh, yeah, situations and successes and um, it just it can be different, and I wanted to yeah. put that story out there. Yeah.
1: And I love the fact that you are very honest, even with things dealing with yourself, Lynn. There is a a situation that happens in the book where you catch yourself in the way that you are actually handling a situation when it comes to your daughter Claire. And uh, yeah. I want to yeah. read a bit of what you <laughs> what you wrote there because I, I think it sure. it goes to the. You know, the, the reflection we all have to go through and the questions we all ask ourselves when we start thinking about it, the way that we, we handle things. In um, the situation, I'm going to talk around it so I don't spoil it, but for those uh, okay. who have the book, I love the fact that one of the things that happens in the, in the chapter schooling is the incident happens with Claire, and you say uh, in the book, in our family we practice kindness and peace. Um, and then you write, she could practice obeying me and walk by my side all the way around the park. I snatched up her bike in one hand, balanced it beside me, and rolled it away with me. Claire walked ten steps behind. I yelled, catch up. When she didn't, I waited, then grabbed her arm and pulled her. She twisted free, dragged her feet, complained. She was hot and couldn't carry her jacket she'd taken off. I yanked it from her hand, threw it to the ground, and left it there. I bulldog my way through a mile and a half, my own meltdown. But then you, you say this, Claire and I crossed the wood plank bridge, sweating and red-faced and emerged from the trees. Anna and Lucy sat on the bench, swinging their, their legs next to Jeff. Other families laughed in the playground, but Anna and Lucy had slid and swung for 45 minutes already. They were tired and maybe worried. A question flashed through my mind. How did the volatility of our life shape them? We went home in silence. It took hours for my adrenaline to dissipate and shame to surface. I felt guilty, out of control, not who I wanted to be. I want to talk about that because, yes, we get to see a lot about Claire and what you find out about Claire. But we also find out a lot about you and your own dealing with trauma. What was that like for you to share with the rest of us, Lynn?
0: Yeah, well, it's not pretty, that's for sure, (laughs) you know, and that's a great example of it. Um, Yeah, I I think that part of my journey was coming to terms with the fact that no matter how much work I did on myself, you know, really – leaning into contemplative practices and being physically active and trying to eat good food, all the things, you know, I just couldn't always show up the way that I wanted to, which is the human condition, right? It's true for all of us. Um, And part of the gift, um, I mean, I almost hate to talk about it that way because I don't mean to make it look, you know, shiny and happy, but part of the transformation that happened was confronting why why do i get hijacked by my own emotions why do i get hijacked in these situations and then i'm not able to do what i want to do and and that's trauma you know unprocessed trauma in our bodies that keeps us from really living freely and fully um and so part of the part of the journey was figuring that out for myself and having lots of supports around me helping me understand okay why am i reacting this way and how do i move forward in a different way and gathering up other tools and therapies and um, things that have allowed that more and more to open up in my life so and that's that's part of the healing that i was talking about writing the book and you know, having to write that scene that is absolutely one of the uh one of the scenes that makes me cringe and say, "Am I really going to put this out in the world?" But what I know from my work with people is we all have those stories. We all do right. that. you know we right. all have that experience where we're not who we want to be and and it's okay. And, you know, in in writing the book, I continually came back, especially to Claire, my oldest daughter, and said, do you remember that time that I X, Y, Z, you know, that I did this thing to you? I'm so sorry. And I was often in tears. And she would turn to me and say, Mom, I don't even remember, or... I do remember, but look at us now, look at what's happened in our life. So there was this incredible sense of forgiveness um, that was very mutual, you know, just happening over and over again. And that's part of why it was important for that to be in the book, you know, because it's, this is the reality where we do things we're not proud of. And sometimes they're terrible and sometimes they have terrible
1: consequences
0: and still, there's a way to move forward.
1: There is. And I think that's something that all of us can benefit from. I want to say for those who are just tuning in, either on the radio side or online, you're listening to Conversations Live. We're excited to welcome Lynn also up to our broadcast today. Lynn is the author of the brand-new book called Tinderbox, One Family's Story of Adoption, Neodiversity, and Fierce Love. I want to talk about what you were able to learn and the impact um, of things that we can't even control, in And I think that's a big part of this story, too. There are so many things in life we cannot control. Um, and, of course, what's happening internally is sometimes part of that. One of the great examples that, Jeff, and you learned was, especially when it comes to children and, and, and you know, being able to handle situations that come up with Claire, um, how you have to balance being, as you were told in the book, Mr. Rogers and General Patton. Talk to us about mm-hmm. that and mm-hmm. the balancing act. That you had to learn. That I think again will help other people because, you know, we all find ourselves in situations. I have to say, uh, full transparency. My already audience knows I'm not a parent myself, uh, but I, my mom used to own a daycare, so I was raised around children Mm -hmm. I was you know with them a lot and so it was interesting seeing children some of who actually it was interesting uh, Lynn and reading your book actually uh, dealt with 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 fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and so Mm -hmm. I want to talk about what that was like for you to to be given permission is what it almost seemed like to know that there is a balance between how you approach situations
0: yeah that's such a great question and and just to your experience you know, recognizing those kids in your mom's daycare, as you read the book, that too was really one of my goals. The, the truth is fetal alcohol spectrum disorder is everywhere all around us. It's a public health issue. You know, it, it affects one in 20 people in the U S and Canada and, you know, more than that um, in other places, less than that in some, but um so really recognizing that is incredibly important and to your point about you know control what we can and can't control i think that has been a huge part of the transformation that i've experienced too we well m- mostly me not as much us but my go to because of my own trauma is definitely to try to keep everything in control, you know to understand it all, control it all, make sure that everything's working the way I think it should, and our kids just kind of exploded that for me, you know there's that that's not possible really um in the way that I wanted it to be, which has brought incredible freedom into my life in a lot of ways, and the the neurobehavioral model that I write about later in the book. Um, Is really about shifting from that wanting to control to wanting to understand, moving from control to curiosity is the way I like to think about it and having curiosity really become our superpower. But there's a lot of judgment around that in the world, you know, especially when it comes to our kids and how we're, Um, relating to our kids. We're expected, at least in most parts of America, to control our children to make sure they behave well, you know, they're respectful and doing the right things at the right time in the right way. And for someone who's neurodivergent, that's not always possible, you know. So to really move into that, okay, when is it that I need to yeah, kind of take on that um, Mr. Rogers persona and get really curious and sit next to someone, whether that's your child, your spouse, your coworker, your neighbor, whoever it is, and really start to wonder what what's driving this behavior? Why is this happening? What's going on here? Um, and in my work now and around fetal alcohol spectrum disorder and other um, kinds of neurodivergence, what does the brain have to do with that? You know, what is physically happening in this person's brain that's causing this behavior? That's a symptom that I'm seeing of this brain function. And that can equally be applied to attachment and trauma. And um, you know, that wonderful question that Oprah has brought to the fore and the conversation, what happened? What happened? to yeah. you that's causing this to happen now in your life and your behavior that kind of thing
1: Wow. Such a great point. And Lynn, that ties into the last thing I want to talk to you about that I mentioned to you before we went live here. And again, for those who are just hearing about the book, as you guys can see, I mentioned there are definitely things you can personally connect with or you know someone who will. There's an interesting conversation that has to take place, I think, when people read this book. And part of what, what we just discussed, of course, is the impact of, of course, trauma. On the body, but also, I mean, part of what we we just were talking about is the the role that alcohol can have on, on the body, especially when it comes mm-hmm. to, to to children. And this is something that is is I think people have their own thoughts about because of information that's been out there. What was it mm-hmm. like for you to to address, um, especially knowing what you were able to learn?
0: Yeah, well, it was really, really important um, for me to include that in the book. This um, kind of aha that we had of um, alcohol and the effects of alcohol exposure in utero. You know, we do often hear that a you know a doctor is told a pregnant woman, it's okay to have a glass of wine every once in a while. And, you know, it, it could be, but what we learned is it could also not be, and we don't ever yeah. really know. It's sort of like playing Russian roulette, you know? Yeah. It's, there's there's this synergy of different factors um, that come together, and they can mean that even minimal alcohol exposure in utero can have a big impact on the whole body that's forming, obviously, the whole time in utero. Um, And what we know through research now is that the impacts of alcohol are actually much greater in terms of um, lifelong effects than even heroin or cocaine or other drugs that we tend to think of as you know, absolutely I wouldn't be doing heroin while I was pregnant, but it's okay to have a few drinks while I'm pregnant. And their research just doesn't back that up. And, and it's really a tragedy for many, many families, many, many people in the world who have no idea that what happened was their brain was fundamentally changed or formed differently and that's actually the source of their neurodivergence, the source of um, some wonderful strengths, some great creativity that comes with neurodivergence sometimes, and some huge, huge challenges in our kind of one size fits everyone world, you know, where we're supposed to all fit in this box. And like I was saying before, do everything the same way in the same time develop capacities um, on the same schedule, you know, in childhood. They're just some some huge challenges. So I my hope is that readers will recognize lots of people in their lives as they're reading and be able to maybe look at that differently, realize, you know, it might not be that this person – won't do these particular things, won't act the way that I want them to, won't control their impulses, won't process information quickly, remember things, whatever the symptoms are, um, but that they can't in this particular way, in this environment, at this time, those kinds of things. And that's ultimately what transformed my life, my family's life was that shift in our paradigm to say, okay, wait, Let's look at this differently and also be a part of educating so that people who are pregnant, doctors who are working with people who are pregnant, are able to really give accurate information. Um, There's actually an act right now called the FASB Respect Act that is um, taking its second run through The federal government trying to get enacted so that we really can provide education, research, support, in the same way that the autism community has done such a fantastic job of shifting the conversation around autism. We need that to happen with FASD as well.
1: It is an important conversation, Lynn, and so glad that we could be able to have it. with while discussing your own life experiences and journey with your family, but also the broader message there I think for all of us, which is why again this book is going to be so good for people. Again everyone, Lynn also has been our guest. Again, the book is Tinderbox, One Family Story of Adoption, Neodiversity, and Fierce Love. It's available now through our friends at Amazon.com or wherever you buy your books. Lynn, really appreciate this thoughtful conversation with you today. How can our audience stay connected with you?
0: Thanks so much, Cyrus. It's so great to get to talk about it. Um, My website is just my name. It's Lynn Alsup, L-Y-N-N-A-L-S-U-P dot com. Um, And you can find out more about me there. You can, you know, click on a link to get the book there and also sign up for staying connected. And that will, um, you know, be a way that we can continue the conversation.
1: All right, sounds great. Well, enjoy your pub day, Lynn, and looking forward to speaking with you again.
0: Yeah, sounds great. Thanks so much, Cyrus.
1: You're welcome. And we thank your audience for tuning in to another great segment of Conversations Live. Until next time, I'm your host, Cyrus Webster. As always, enjoy your day, enjoy your life, enjoy your world. Thank you all for choosing Conversations Live. Let us go make today amazing. Take care.